What does it mean to be a gentleman in the 21st century? What are the virtues that define a man of excellence? In an era where manners and masculinity seem like a distant mystery, a brotherhood of like-minded men arises to rediscover the lost art. Welcome to the Gentleman's Brotherhood. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. I'm your host Juan Sepulveda and today I have the pleasure of having as a co-host my good friend Alberto Mella. Alberto, how are you tonight man? Awesome and really excited to share this uh, fantastic night. This is a beautiful right? night. It is beautiful. a really, yeah. really nice night. We're in Kissimmee, Florida. I'm at Alberto, Alberto's house and we're going to have a conversation about like the origins of why is being a gentleman important to us. And for those of you who don't know, Alberto, Alberto is a public speaker and a coach, and he is one of the regular contributors to the Gentleman's Brotherhood articles. He has a very, very awesome series that has gained some traction on the website. And what is the title of the series itself? The Warrior in the Garden. The Warrior in the Garden. And we are at the fourth installment of that already. And it, it is a very interesting one. If you haven't uh, read through it yet, I encourage you to check it out. But today, uh, Alberto and I are just going to sit down, have a, have a drink, have a friendly conversation, and, and kind of reminisce about the origins of our interest in self-development, in our growth as men, as gentlemen. And, and hopefully, as a listener, you can find something of value in our conversation and you can get to know us a little bit better and also know our intentions and our vision for the Gentleman's Brotherhood. Alberto is not only a contributor, but he is, he's one of my trusted advisors in the, in the Gentleman's Brotherhood development. And you know, you know now talking to you, I, I, I really appreciate the time that you've taken to... Uh, Thank you, it's worth it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So let's start by, I want to hear a little bit more about where you grew up and the role of, of men in, in that particular culture. Right. I was born in Bronx, New York, but that's all I did in New York was <laughs> be born. And I, I, moved, uh, I moved to the Dominican Republic when I was 11 months old. And my family, on my on my father's side is very big. We're talking about thirteen brothers and sisters, wow. and on my mother's side is uh, five uh, altogether between uh, one gentleman and and four ladies. My family growing up, we met we met every Sunday, all the family, all of it. So I grew up in the presence of all these aunts and uncles together in the same place, and then my cousins. So I, I grew up in this environment where I had a lot, of, uh, many grown-ups to look after, to 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 follow their examples or or not. But for the most part, being um, 
being a very um, um, male-dominated uh, society, because mm -hmm. this is mostly his, Hispanic, uh, uh, his, yeah, it's a very common thing. You know, it's, a, it's a very common thing for, for us. Uh, the men were always in their own place, in the, the, their, own, their own gathering, and the, and the ladies went to their own gathering. So obviously I wanted to know what the men were talking about. Were you given an opportunity to be a part of the conversation? <laughs> yes. Not to talk, but to listen. To listen. I was invited to listen. So I was welcome as long as I did not speak. Right. However, I understood from a very young age that that was a treasure trove of, of information. Mm -hmm. Like, why would I mess this up if, you know, as long as I just kept quiet, I could just absorb everything, politics, um, uh, finances, uh, business, you name it. Everything that was floating, I was there getting it and absorbing it all. Now, mind you, this is, we're talking about the 80s here, right? So, uh, we're talking about people that were very entrepreneurial, very well connected. So I, I gathered, I gathered a lot from that. And then when I got bored, I will go to the lady side. Same thing, you know. As long as you don't speak, yeah. you are, you're fine. You're to be welcome here. to listen. Yes, to a degree. <laughs> and I also learned a lot. I learned a lot from. Uh, from uh, medicinal remedies, from uh, 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 secrets in the kitchen, and, and secrets with, with cleaning and clothing. And whenever the conversation steered to the husbands, and the same happened with the man. Well, no, I take that back. Whenever the conversation steered to the husbands, then I was kicked out. Mm -hmm. But when I was with the man, they didn't mind. They were freer. Yeah, they said, well, you know, and they would look at me and say, yeah, your aunt is crazy. She does this and whatnot. Mm. <laughs> but I knew that when I was with the ladies, they was, when they veered into that uh, part of the conversation, they go like, okay, go. go. Go play. You're the oldest brother? I am, of three. Of three. I know you have a brother. You have a, another... Brother, yeah. Another brother, okay. Mm -hmm. And was there a male role model at home? Like, did you grow up with your with your dad? Yes, I grew up with my father. Um, but you know, my I'm gonna try to let me, let me see how I how I say this. My role model was not only my father. Yeah. All my uncles were my role mother, my role models. You see, my dad, he never made it past the eighth grade. You know, it was it was a different time. It was you where you were pulled out of school because you needed to be providing for the family. Mm -hmm. You needed to be providing for it. So my, my dad started working very early. 
my father always had a job where I did not see him. He was working in the casinos. He was a pit boss. So I will not see him that much. I know he was there. I know he was a lovable guy. But as far as getting advice, I didn't get from him. Mm -hmm. But on those weekends where the whole, where the whole family was there, <clears throat> My uncles would advise me. My dad would mm -hmm. advise me, right? So it was, it was. I was getting advice from all these gentlemen mm -hmm. at the same time. I like it's that. A, do this, do this, and then when there were conflicting uh, ad, uh, ad, advices, they were they were like, no, 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 no. That what, and then a discussion will ensue, and a little, little argument would ensue, and I uh, will fascinate me. Yeah. I go like, okay, so let's see which way. <laughs> Which way do we go? And usually the tiebreaker of those arguments will be one of the ladies just walking by, just bringing somebody a, a glass of water, a glass of whiskey, or something. That's you know, interesting. A la lady will, will come in and notice the argument and then go like, no, no, you're, no, you're telling him wrong. Say, come on, Albertito, let me, let me tell you how you do this. Nice. This is how you do it. Nice. So for the most part, for the most part, that's how my my uh, looking at male role models. That's how it happened for me. I I see parallels with with that in my life. I my father also he worked a lot. He spent a lot of time out of the house, and many many times when he was home. He was watching the news, or he was counting money on the table, or uh, it sounds like Scrooge my duck or something like that. But my, my father had a, a pizza restaurant, okay. so there was a lot of cash transactions. Of cash. We spent a lot of time sitting at the table counting money and working on bills and that sort of stuff, which I think was formative for me. It was important for me to have that involvement in seeing the daily interaction with money and under, getting to understand money from a very up close and personal uh, side. But he did take the time to talk with us at times and, and give us lessons. Most of the things I learned from him were through his example. And just like you, I, our family wasn't very large. My dad has two brothers and I got a chance to spend time with them too and get to learn from them. They were all very different. They all behaved differently, but they did have some things in common. Some things were common to my family. Other things were common to the, to the society in which we lived. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Another uh, Latin American, Caribbean culture that where the roles of the male and the female are very distinct. Mm -hmm. So I did get to grow up in that, in that culture, seeing the separation of responsibilities, um, the, in retrospect now, a seeming unbalance of power or a perceived unbalance of power. And which, Today, it is important for me to be more objective and to be open-minded so that I can 
stay up with the times. You know, part, part of the Gentleman's Brotherhood is that effort to help young men continue to grow as men and not drag along ideas that could be detrimental to relationships today. Mm. Um, is respecting the past, adopting the things that were noble, that were good, that were fair, that were admirable of those times, but in a sense, adapting those to today's society. You know, a, a good example would be my father, even though he knew how to cook because he was a, you know, pretty much like an Italian cook, mm. he could, he had a, a, a large assortment of, of, of menu items that he could cook. He rarely ever cooked at home. That was my mom's responsibility. Doing the dishes, he didn't do much of that. That was my mother's responsibility. So I grew up where there was that distinction, but I was involved in doing a lot of those things. I was involved in cooking with my mother. I was involved in doing the dishes with her. Growing up, now that I work from home and I do take a lot of those responsibilities where I cook almost daily, where I worked on the dishes almost daily, um, it is important that I had that uh, open-mindedness to recognize that we live in a different time where me cooking or doing the dishes doesn't make me less of a man. <clears throat> I'm sure you heard comments you know, from from growing up, oh, dejale eso a las mujeres. You know, that's for women to do. Why are you wasting your time on that? Yeah, I, I did. However, um, and you're right, uh, you know, you come from a society that has uh, very distinct gender roles. There's something that I noticed very early too. And it was that while the women were relegated to their and this is again in my family nucleus right mm -hmm. in my little in my little petri dish of uh, of a family where where i was you know how you always wish you could be a fly in the wall where well, i was i was a fly <laughs> in the wall as long as you don't speak you're fine Just, you won't get swatted yeah they don't get swatted <laughs> that's fine that's a good one uh, i noticed that the power structure was skewed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the men were boisterous. The men were the business guy. The men were the ones making the money. But the women mm -hmm. were the quiet power. Mm -hmm. right? To this day, all of, um, all of those couples, uncles and aunts, they're still together. And some have passed away or not, but till this day. And what I realized was that what they did that worked perfectly is that they were a team. Mm -hmm. And they understood without speaking. You know, you, you, could, you could see the, the, the looks going back and forth. You can see when the women did not like the man like you're drinking too much or, or you're saying too much mm -hmm. that look will go across the room across a house across a yard very effectively and yeah. they will go like that's it yeah 
So I knew where the power was. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's the kind. And that's the kind of woman that my mother is. My mother is a very, my mother is an alpha female. Hmm. My mother is an alpha female. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, if I ever get the opportunity to, this is me talking as a kid. Mm -hmm. If I ever get the opportunity to marry a woman, I want a woman as powerful as this lady's, mm -hmm. as active as this lady's, somebody that can steer this engine, right? Mm -hmm. Because I knew and I know and, 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 and thankfully I have found that, that woman. I, I know that I am uh, I'm, I'm very active, I have ideas, I, I, I go in, in a thousand directions with, with things that I want to do and things that I want to accomplish. And I need something, I need somebody to go like, okay, slap you twice and go like, focus, uh -huh. pick one. Right? Uh, because I saw this growing up. I saw all these men talking about ideas of things that we're going to do and whatnot, and the ladies coming like, come on now, you still need to paint the fence, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it was their, 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 little, their little jab at saying, you haven't finished this thing you started, and you want to keep on, you want to now start do something, something new. new. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's interesting you say that because I think of the percentage of men who grow up and are not as fortunate as us to live in a household that has a mom and a dad and to get to carefully examine the dynamic and at least have some sort of baseline upon which to uh, craft their vision of a, of a marriage. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, in 2015, there was a, a study and 40% of of male of, of boys were growing up in a household that didn't have a male role model that's a lot of people that's a lot of boys out there who are growing up that if you think about it where are they going to find this role model mm. ideally there are some male characters in the family and and this doesn't mean that the female can't convey the lessons that a man can but there is a very important component of a man seeing a man um, upon whom they want to craft their own persona. See, children are, are like a blank canvas and they do come with some pre-programmed uh, operating system but there is some software that is installed in them and a good balance is when a, when a young man is able to grow and have some sort of mentorship, have some sort of guidance from other men who have gone that way before them. Yeah. And, and ideally, as we continue to explore what the Gentleman's Brotherhood can become, I want to make sure that we are also providing a little bit of insight for those uh, young men who are growing up didn't grow up with the father figure in the household, but they can hear from us and they can see in our example what, what men do in the 21st century. I've been very lucky. You're absolutely right. But now let me, let me, let me throw you a curveball. 
<clears throat> when I, you know, a man needs a different kind of mentor at every stage of his life. Mm -hmm. If your father happens to be with you throughout your uh, you, you know, uh, adolescence mm -hmm. and then the adulthood, then great. The you formative know, years. In your formative years. But if not, something needs to fit, fit that, that role. Yes. For example, when I was 15, uh, you know, again, the 80s, bad economy, things just blew up. My dad had to go to Puerto Rico to get, uh, to find work. Uh, the situation in my in my house in the Dominican Republic was very bad. My uh, my mother couldn't hold all three boys by herself. So it was agreed that I will move with my father. When I moved with my father to Puerto Rico, my father was an alcoholic. So my father will work and then come back drunk, and that was it until the next day. Hmm. So it is safe to say that during that period of time, my 15, 16, 17, 18, I didn't have a father figure per se. I was babysitting my dad. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get my dad out of what was very destructive for him. Mm -hmm. However, I did meet a gentleman who used to be a, a, a retired police police officer, who used to be a bodybuilder, who took me under his wing and started training me, lifting weights and in fitness and all that. So now I had a, a male figure, a very virile, masculine male figure. Like <laughs> this guy was the size of a refrigerator. And, and he was in his 70s. Now, I'm lifting weights, and he's just throwing wisdom at me. Like, do this, do that, don't go here, don't go there, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, at that particular time. Fast forward to when I come back from the military. I'm an adult. I still cannot speak to my father in terms, because at that point, I've already been to college, I've already been... Um, uber educated uh, I have a master's degree my dad has an eighth grade so it, it was like we're trying to have a conversation and the conversation is not flowing and I don't know if it's because it, it, it's intellectually different our experiences are different he stayed in the Dominican Republic and then Puerto Rico for all his life at that point I have traveled the world you, you know, been around everywhere, and I wanted to talk about everything, and he just couldn't follow, okay. and you know, my dad is not a conversation person. I meet a retired colonel, also in his 70s, and now this guy is giving me wisdom because I have a young wife and a young family, and I am pulling my hair because now I'm living with the person that I thought I wanted to be for the rest of my life, but when two people start living together, yeah, things are not 
<laughs> what you <laughs> thought they were gonna be. Yeah. So so it's in that period of time that I meet this gentleman that guides me through and and, and, and show shows me the way of now you're a family man. Hmm. This is what you do. I like that. And I was I, I, I was lucky. I was lucky that in every stage of my life when I needed a male figure, a male figure appeared to give me that. Now, mind you, I do not want to take away from my dad what he has done for me. Of course. Because my dad has been the silent power there, right? Mm-hmm. My dad has always been has always been there. And, and right now, he's still alive, and he comes and, you know, comes here every day, walks the dog, picks the <laughs> girls from school, and we sit right here and, and, and drink beers. Yeah. And then we can talk about the now. Mm-hmm. So now my father is my now. I, I, there were periods, there were, there were times in my life where I didn't have him, but I have him now. Yeah. And now we can talk about whatever, because now I'm an adult, I have my family, I have my goals, I know where, I, where I'm going. Yeah. He is retired, he's done it. So now we can compare notes. That's good. And that happens with a lot of um, father-son relationships where there are some ebbs and flows to the relationship. There, you know, and a great example is you have young children and they think you are the greatest thing in the world. You are a superhero to them. They can't believe how strong you are, how smart you are. But then they, they go through a period where they're old enough and have some interactions with you and then they start doubting your strength, doubting your leadership, doubting your intellect. And now you become just like, oh, they, they can't deal with you. And then, but eventually they, they get enough life under their roster that they can look back and see, oh my God, he was right about this. And he was a good model for this other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's good to hear that you guys are in a good position now. You're in a good place now in a relationship. Um, but it's, it's almost inevitable that that paternal filial relationship goes to that rocky stage where you speak past each other. You don't see eye to eye. And, and you have this difficulty of connection. Now... During that difficulty, there was a void because your need for a male role model didn't dissipate. That need was still there. Yeah. And there was always someone available to fill that gap. Luckily. That's, that's a very fortunate position to mm-hmm. be in because there's a lot of people that, that they just don't. Especially now where human, human interaction has gone through this shift where people spend less time with other people face-to-face and they are relegated to the obscurity of their bedroom or their office. And they fill that void with a celebrity. Exactly. Or... That's exactly where I, was, I wanted to go. Yeah. More than ever, it is important for us to recognize the evolution of communication, the evolution of access and uh, human interaction and offer for those men who need it, those connections that can fill the void that they're going through. And you don't need to 
not have a father to need an older adult, you know, an, an older male role model. Your father can still be there, but there are, there's a multitude of, of, of curiosities, of, you know, uh, of things that you, that you are yet to learn. And it's almost impossible to expect your father to be the sole provider of the wisdom that, that can supply that, you know? Yep. So I'm glad to hear that you had, in, at every step, you had someone to, to look up to. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, uh, if, if, if there's something, but, but if there's something, if, if there's something that the other men could not fear, fill up that my dad did was empathy. I learned empathy when my dad was at his darkest and I learned it from him mm. because throughout his whole ordeal his concern was always me his concern was always my brothers his concern was mind you he had a disease he has he had a, sick, a sickness being an alcoholic is not is not something easy to deal with but he was living at the very at the very edge of of his economy because he was sending every penny minus his rent and a few dollars for food for my mother and my brothers and every time I saw him down and he cried a lot and you know, I, he was always thinking about somebody else not him about somebody else but do you, do you, do we have food for to, for tomorrow? Do we have? Yes, we're fine. I have to send this mo money to your. Mo Don't worry, I'll send it. Hmm. You you just sleep it off or whatnot. And that I did, uh, I did get for him. S which makes me think that sometimes. It's not the getting a role model. It's getting the right role model. Because my brother, he was always looking. I mean, it's three of us. We share the same father, right? So, so it, it, it goes to reason that also my brothers are looking for other male models. Mm -hmm. My youngest one, uh, my youngest brother always looked at me as his role model, my youngest one. But the middle one, he was always in competition with me. So he didn't want me as a role model at all. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to touch the same things I touched. He wanted to be as far away from me as he could possibly be. Mm -hmm. So his models were not the good kind, uh, and he had he had issues with with the law. He had issues with drugs. He had issues with, and there was nothing I could do about it. Me or my father or, or anybody. It, he he had already decided that these people that have the 
big cars and the and the 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 big guns and the 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 girls the girls with the short skirts this this are the guys that know what i want yeah it's it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because it, it shines a light on the disposition of an individual to receive what others are providing and even though you were in the same household at least for a period of time you were in the same household same parents same conditions your individual attitudes dictated how how much of a fertile ground you were for receiving uh, the guidance from these other people mm-hmm. now going back to to the thought of like why is it even important to to be a gentleman in, in today's society um, I, I wanted to kind of like touch a little bit because this is something that we're going to discuss in depth later on I we wanted to speak a little bit about both our our upbringings and and kind of like give people an overview of, of what positions us as um, one of us one of you you know we're two men who are growing a family who came from some somewhat similar uh, backgrounds but very unique in their own respective and how we look today at the importance of becoming a better man with every day that goes by to be able to provide for the family to establish good relationships and that sort of thing but like why is it even important to be a gentleman in today's society um, and although we're going to touch touch up on that in, in detail uh, on another conversation, uh, how do you feel that being a gentleman today ties to your upbringing uh, in, in your family? So one of the one of the gentlemen in that group of gentlemen, you know, I I spoke to you about my uncles. But it was also my my grandfather on my on my father's side. I was raised. I the, the the youngest memory I have is probably three four years old. On his lap, um, listening to uh, ballads, mm-hmm. uh, boleros, right? and uh, he played guitar and he sang and. We sang together, and we, those songs are usually about a man's love for a woman. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a man's love for a woman. And here's me, four years old, being romantic and, and singing like my grandfather teaches me. Right? And I like it. And so when my when uh, when my mother's friends will come over, I will sing to them. And they will say, Que caballero. Uh-huh. What a little gentleman. And I like that. I like that very much. I like the attention. I, I liked how, not only how that made me feel, but the sincere smile that I got from them. Mm-hmm. Because as a kid, you pick up pretty quick who's just going like hey you're, you're a nice kid or, or who's genuinely 
who genuinely likes you. Mm-hmm. With that, with that, I grow up always looking for that hmm. in other people. How can I get that reaction from other people? And I will open the door for ladies. Now, this is, this is seven, eight years old. I'm opening the door for ladies. And the lady goes, thank you, what a gentleman. Mm-hmm. I always had a, a handkerchief. And when somebody will, you know, tears or, or sneezing, I will pull my handkerchief. Oh, what a gentleman. I like that. Yeah. I was doing something for somebody else, and all I wanted as a payment was the reaction, mm-hmm. their happy reaction, that somebody had done something for them yeah. without expecting payment. Mm-hmm. It took a little effort on your part, and it made a difference in someone else's life, my at mother, least at that moment. Yeah, no, you're absolutely, my, my mother always uh, told me this. She said, as being similar mm-hmm. a right? do good without minding to whom. Mm-hmm. And so with that motto in mind, I always went for it. And, and that is my creed as a gentleman. I, I would do good. I would do good because it costs me nothing. Mm-hmm. And the value is immense, not only for the person to whom I'm doing good, opening the door, giving you a handkerchief, just saying nice, how are you? Mm-hmm. How's your day? Just being nice. It costs me nothing. Yeah. It's no effort. It's effortless. Yeah. But what I get in return, or what that person gets in return, right? It's huge. But what do I get? What what's in it for me? Yeah. The reaction. That 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 when their faces light lit up lights lights up, it's. Yeah, that's that's priceless. It's a it's a uh, it's a priceless feeling. And it, it's something that is simple to implement. I'll give an example that that came to mind. It doesn't take a lot of time, it doesn't take a lot of effort, it doesn't cost anything for you to, whenever you're thinking about someone who means something to you, to let them know that you're thinking about them. And it could be by just saying, you know, sending a text message saying, hey, I thought about you today, I hope that you're doing well, you know, have a good Friday or whatever. That little text message has a chance of arriving at a moment obviously that's unexpected this person will not be expecting to receive a message from you and it's not asking for a favor it's not giving bad news it's just saying you matter in my life and i just want you to know you know uh i i try to do this with the people that are important to me whenever i can um send a message an email give them a quick phone call it's like hey i had a dream about you last night i know we haven't talked in a while i don't have a lot of time to talk but i just wanted to let you know that you know 
I was happy to see you in my dream. And I hope that we can, you know, reconnect and, and maybe have a, have a drink together or, or talk or something like that. Those are gestures that are very simple to extend to someone else. They make, they make it, they have an impact on people. Considering how much negativity is around us when, with the 24-hour news cycle, with the political back and forth, the divisions of opinion, we are at a position today where we can make a difference in that one individual in a minute without spending any money. And I think it's, it's a great thing to do if you can do it. And it, I'm not saying fake things because it doesn't come natural. I'm sure that someone's going to listen to this and they might think, I would never do that. Like I wouldn't feel comfortable just sending a message to someone and tell them, I was thinking about you. Um, but there are other ways in which you can show that you, that you care, that you show that these people are important to you. And it could be by remembering their birthday, by remembering... Uh, their anniversary, and you don't have to send a gift. It can be as simple as just sending a message that says, happy birthday. Don't send it at midnight the <laughs> night before, though. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it does not, it doesn't cost anything to be gentle it doesn't cost anything to be nice and i think that is where the modern gentleman comes in when you're when you think about being gentle there's a reason why is being called a gentleman mm -hmm. a man is strong, right? We're, we're physically strong. We're physically powerful. That's easy. To exhibit your power, whatever that might be, that's easy. You know, if, you, if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're stronger than somebody else, it's easy to project that power. If you're uh, more verbose than somebody else, it's easy to outspeak them. If you are wealthier than somebody else, it is easier to to exhibit to show that wealth mm -hmm. to outspend them. To outspend them. What it's difficult is to be gentle with that power. Yeah. How do you use your power so that you're not a bully? Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And I think, and I think that's where, uh, that's where the modern gentleman comes in, is how do you use those talents, those things that make you powerful. Mm -hmm. How do you use them for service? I like that. Right. Yeah. How do you? How do you? How do you move society forward? With that superpower that you have, mm -hmm. without being boisterous, without smacking somebody upside the head with it, without mm -hmm. being in your face about it, 
how do you do it? Yeah, it's it's putting to work the ability to have control over your emotions. Now, there are a lot of physiological and mental variables that need to be tweaked in order for a man to be an effective steward of his emotions and his power. And I, in future conversations and future um, things that we're going to do in the Gentleman's Brotherhood, I want to shine a light on those things. Yeah. Because the element of where we grew up is important to our vision of what a gentleman is, what the roles of males and female in society traditionally have been and how they're evolving that that comes from our upbringing but there are many other variables that i want us to discuss in length because if we neglect them it is at our own peril because we work against our own progress as individuals as members of society uh in in like i said physiological and mental barriers come to come to mind so uh, i look forward to future conversations where we will we tackle some of these things because you cannot become a gentleman or become the ultimate gentleman by just reading one book by just speaking with one person by you know going to one place this is a lifelong journey and it's one that is traveled by small increments and I, I love the, the idea that I have room for improvement, that I can be a better person, I can be a, a, better, a better dad, I can be a better friend, I can be a better husband, I can be a better entrepreneur, and I don't want to be over, overwhelmed with the amount of room that I have for, for growth. I am excited about the, the discoveries that will continue to happen in my life. And, and I hope that the people that listen to also have that excitement and realize it's not just one conversation, one book, one interaction. Like the Gentleman's Brotherhood is it's a brotherhood. It, it's that relationship between men who place value in having that gentle control over their power, over their emotions, and over their, their actions. So, Alberto, thank you so much for, for joining me tonight. I can't wait for our next conversation. Yeah, thank you for coming. This is fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it very much. And um, again, I want to remind all the listeners that if you haven't read the articles of the Warrior in the Garden, uh, head over to thegentlemansbrotherhood.com where you can read all four installments. And I know there's a fifth one coming. Coming soon. There's a fifth one coming soon. I'm looking forward to it. And if you enjoyed this conversation, Tune in again uh, for the next episode and share this with another gentleman. I, you know, I kindly ask you if you know of someone who could benefit from uh, the, the listening to these conversations or engaging in communication related to growing as a man and a gentleman. Invite them to come to the Gentleman's Brotherhood and join our brotherhood. So until next time, I wish you courage and courtesy. Thanks for listening.